2: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Dr. Lori Watson who is going to talk to us about sex, sex, and more sex from the female point of view. Telling you what women need sexually, what you need to do sexually as a man. And again, I'm not trying to demand this of you. I'm just going to give you guidance and so is Lori on what needs to be done in order to open up a woman sexually and how to state your boundaries with women when it comes to sex, sexuality, and sex in a relationship. This is something we've never actually talked about before on the podcast in the past seven years. So you are going to absolutely love it. Keep listening. Women podcast. This is Marnie, your wing girl and owner of the wing girl method. And Kristen, my co-host who has been my co-host for the past seven plus years is not here today, but I have somebody who you are going to love because the truth is, is that Kristen is uncomfortable talking about sex. So it's better that she's actually not on this call because we have Dr. Lori Watson, who is a sex therapist. And today, Lori and I are going to talk about how sex is a dynamic, which I am very excited to dive into. And I already told her in advance, I'm not going to talk at all during this because I just want to learn from her. So Dr. Lori, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you for having
2: me. This is very exciting. I could talk about sex all day long. So this will be fun. I love it. Me too. I'm into it. So Kristen, I'll tell you a funny story, actually. So Kristen's been my co-host for the past seven and a half years. And when we first started doing this podcast, sex was definitely a topic that we were covering, you know, as well as attraction. Anyway, but sex was the thing that made her the most uncomfortable. And I think in our seventh episode, we had a porn star come on to the show. And Kristen is like Catholic, like very, or was very non-sexual, had one boyfriend her entire life, one boyfriend who she slept with. Anyway, so again, a little closed off when it came to sex. And the porn star who's awesome, she's Ryan Keeley, she came on and was talking about tasting your own vagina. And Kristen literally almost fell off of her chair (laughs) from a heart attack. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the entire world. So from that point forward, all I wanted to do was bring on people who would talk about sex and make her uncomfortable. But as time went on, she got more comfortable. Yeah. And then she got more comfortable and then she got curious and then she broke up with her boyfriend and then she got active. Sexually. So she's not as uncomfortable anymore, but I still kind of find it funny.
1: Well, too bad she's not here.
2: I know. She would have been great. I would have liked to have met her. So, oh, she's wonderful.
1: But we'll talk about all kinds of things. I think the dynamic is really important for people to understand, you know, in relationship and how that impacts sex and what to do about
2: it. Yeah. Well, why don't we give the audience a little bit of background on you? I'd love to hear your story and just. Why sex? Why is sex the area of interest for you?
1: Okay. Well, first thing, I've always loved sex. So that's number one. <laughs> but I realized early on that, you know, sex is so profoundly important to a relationship. It's so important. And so many therapists out there don't even address sex. When they're talking with couples, they don't even think about it. And sex, is really one of three systems that keeps a relationship going. So I'm going to talk about two of them. You know, emotional connection is really important Mm -hmm. and sexual connection is really important. And oftentimes in relationship, particularly with women, I know you're addressing men and hello, I'm so glad to talk to you. Because I'm going to try to help you all. But women often say, you know, I need to be connected first before I want to have sex. And this emotional connection is profoundly important, but sometimes women destabilize the emotional connection by pulling back sexually. And sex is another part of our romantic connection. It's emotional connection and sexual connection. And if one or the other of those systems is off, couples have a really hard time getting it together.
2: Yeah. Can I actually ask you a question? Can you sure. dive in a little bit more when you talk about how? Women desensitize like de-stabilize. destabilize. Destabilize. Right. Destabilize. So okay. can you tell me some of the reasons that this happens or yes, what? yes,
1: yes, yes. So both cycles are sort of governed the same way. There's a pursuer and a withdrawer in both cycles. So one person kind of chases the other. I want more time, closeness, connection. I want to talk about feelings. And sometimes the other person says, wow, you know, I'm really focused on building my business or my sports or maybe even my gaming. And, you know, you seem to kind of suffocate me. And so this person pulls back emotionally. Usually men are more likely to be the emotional withdrawer, yeah. which makes women kind of frantic. But when they get frantic about that withdrawal, they get critical and angry. Uh-huh. And so they push on the emotional cycle and the man is like, whoa, you know, I'm just like feeling like controlled here. They pull back further. When they pull back further, it destabilizes her emotionally. And so she says, you know what? I really need emotional connection to be sexual. And so she's destabilized emotionally. So she pulls back sexually. She's like, I can't be sexual with you until I feel safe with you. And he's like, okay, but I feel safe after we've had sex. In fact, after we've had sex, I feel more like opening up to you. And so this is what we talk about in foreplay radio all the time is the way these two dynamics kind of interrelate. And I just made it sound like she's the one who starts at first by being critical, but he can start at first too. He can get preoccupied, pull back emotionally, and really want sex and not explain to her like, look at this, this is really important to me. To be sexually connected is the way I feel love most profoundly. I think men are so anxious to say that because they're like, they've heard so many times, you know, all you want is sex. And he's like, no, all I want is you. Right. And so sometimes his motive is missed. And so he's so frustrated because he does have drive and women typically don't have quite as much physiological drive but they do have a drive toward romance. They do have a drive toward their partner. They're often very attracted to their partner. And so it's so freaking confusing. It's like, okay, if you have all those things, why do you not want to have sex?
2: Right. Oh my God. I yeah. just want to keep hearing you talk because it's very in line with what I've noticed in my own relationship. And then what I've heard from the thousands of other women that I've interviewed and tons of other men. So this becomes very frustrating for all parties. So it does. Yeah. So let me just explain one thing for the guys who are listening. So, I I have a lot of men who come to me and say they purchased my program, The F Formula, which is all about how to start with women. right? And many of them purchase that program to re-spark things in their relationship or to get the attention of their wife back because she has destabilized or shut down. Yes, yes. To sex. And most of them, and tell me if I'm wrong for saying this, you know, you're the doctor. I say that, yes, flirting is wonderful, but no woman is going to be open to flirting until you address the emotional, whatever's happening emotionally for her, and then she can be open to the flirting. So flirting, at least for me, the women I've interviewed, flirting doesn't always necessarily work because there's something else going on that's a level below that needs to be addressed first.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right that there's something emotional that's already off kilter so she doesn't respond to flirting. But let me be very, very sympathetic to your male audience. This is the deal. And the research proves this. I'm a researcher as well as a psychotherapist and a sex therapist and a podcaster. But the reality is, is that men's sexual desire for a woman, when he's openly expressing that in the dating relationship, that is her stabilizer. More than his emotional availability, his sexual desire, she feels that kind of in a very primitive way and she gets stable. She says, okay, he wants me. I feel that. I know that. And then it's like, okay, once they're married or once they're in committed partnership, it's like, wait a second, all the things that used to work when I would flirt with you, when I would seduce you, I'd take you out to dinner, I'd set this whole thing up. Now you're telling me, you're blocking me and you're saying that doesn't work. I need something else. I mean, it is so confusing to me. I do not blame them for being confused and upset and sometimes withdrawing in anger, right? Sometimes men say, forget this. I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I'm going to literally masturbate and use porn because Figuring you out as a woman is too freaking confusing. Yeah. So they pull back. Then they are the sexual withdrawer as well as the emotional withdrawal. And I got to tell you, it's that scenario that is the most difficult to turn around. So if the woman is the emotional withdrawer and the sexual withdrawer, I can actually turn that around easier then turning it around for the male who is withdrawn in both cycles because he's working against his biology. His biology says, go toward her. And if he's like made a hard decision that says, no, I will not trust. I will not trust you with my sexual needs anymore. I mean, we're talking
2: about a system that has really shut down. Wow. That's crazy. So for the guys who are listening, most of them are single Some are in relationships. Okay, good. Okay. They're all over the map, but mainly single guys. How can guys avoid this pattern? What are some tools that they can have so that they don't get into this same place with women? Okay,
1: excellent question. And I'm really glad you clarified for me because we got some single guys listening too. Hello, yay. Nice to meet you all. So I think that first of all, there is a difference, right? There is a difference in partnership. And I honestly think that The problem of sexual shutdown is one of the things that keeps single men single. They're like, look at I've heard from my married friends that sex goes downhill. I do not want that to happen. Well, the reality is, is you don't have to have that happen. There is a way through, and it is this part of learning to become emotionally vulnerable. Now, we train men to be emotionally independent. We really don't want to hear men crying all the time and showing their feelings. My podcast host, George Fowler, he was a 9-11 firefighter. And he's like, you know, I really didn't want to go into a fire with a man who was saying, I'm afraid. I don't want to do this. Okay. I was like, we want men to be strong. So when I talk about emotional availability and vulnerability, this is something that you need to be flexible in. At work, go get them, Tiger. Charge forward. But in your relationship, you do need to learn to talk about your vulnerabilities and your feelings, which includes sometimes conflictual feelings. Men, by and large, avoid conflict in their relationships. Mm -hmm. And that actually builds up inside them as resentment and problems and causes them to shut down. So in the dating relationship, they too are really more open about their feelings, their feelings of love for their partner, their feelings of desire. They're way open about that. And all of us kind of mask conflict, but a little bit later, we have conflict. I mean, that's normal. It's how fast you recover from conflict that makes the difference between a bad relationship and a good relationship. So what I would say is, first of all, you need to learn to talk feelings. You need to learn to say things like, hey, you know, I had a bad day at work. I'm kind of worried about this project deadline which totally flies in the face of men who say, no, 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 no. I got to project to her that I got it all together because if I don't, she's going to worry about the money. She's going to worry about this. She's not going to think I'm very manly if I say these things. Actually, women kind of like to be needed emotionally. And so he needs to say that. And then if she tries to fix it, well, tell your boss this, that, and the other things say, you know what, honey, I just need you to listen to me. I don't need you to fix this. I just kind of want to dump it, which I mean, men don't dump feelings and actually women like it. And if she gets activated and wants to manage it for you, you need to tell her to back off so that you do have a place to dump and to talk about what's going on in your life. Talk about your family, your friends, your work. I know it sounds crazy to guys. Like I don't talk to anybody about that. I know, but women love to hear that stuff. You do. so. Talking about that actually makes her feel like you are trusting her, that yeah. she's important to you. And I will tell you, you know, men come into my consulting room because I'm still working as a consultant and as a sex therapist. And they say, okay, Lori, tell me the tips that turn her on forever. Because they think, right, that if I can turn her on really hot and heavy, that she's going to want sex. But It's crazy. Women do need pleasure and they do need intimacy in the sexual relationship. They need both. So yes, it's really important to have good technique and to know like number one, which I think Marnie, you talk about already, but number one is they need to know where her clitoris is and that women need, and this is going to sound crazy, but women need about, without a vibrator, like 20 minutes of usually slow arousal where their bodies are naked together and they're cuddling and they're holding and maybe he's stroking her arms and her back and maybe her butt. But then it takes her about another 20 minutes of clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. Only 15% of all women reach orgasm through sexual intercourse. Really? little? Oh, I didn't. yeah, Yeah. I just want to say that again for all your listeners since they're mostly men. Guys. Only 15% of women reach orgasm through sexual intercourse. So that means that most of them need a great deal of clitoral stimulation, oral sex, manual stimulation. Using a vibrator is great. You know, hopefully, you, you know, she's free enough to do that. And it can be done simultaneously with intercourse. And that's a really good way. That's a powerful way for her to climax. And I think the way you help her have the best orgasm, this is true, is you actually slow it down. I mean, there are moments, right, that are hot, 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 and you're both in it. But if it's a slower start, actually taking more time, what it does is it builds what we call sort of a platform in her vulva, which is she gets erect too. Her tissue gets erect. It fills with blood. And that makes her more sensitive. So taking a long time to get there And kind of teasing her before she reaches orgasm, slowing it down right before the moment of orgasm will give her a way better pop. So definitely I think it's good for a man to have good technique, but the dynamics that shut down sex are usually not technique issues. They are usually this relational problem of the pursue-withdraw in the relational, emotional cycle and in the sexual cycle.
2: I love that. And I think that that makes it really clear for guys who are listening, mm-hmm. whether they're single or in a relationship, that that brain, that heart has to be stimulated first. Yeah. Can you actually give a few guidelines for being vulnerable with women? Like, obviously, there are things that can be a turnoff if a man is over-emotional, which you touched a little bit on before. Yeah. Uh, but I, would, I don't want to make it too sticky for guys where they're, again, becoming robotic and not allowed to express their emotion. But I'd love for them to have some clear guidelines on this is what it means to be vulnerable. This is what it means to be like a bit too sappy and a bit bit of a turnoff around women.
1: Right, exactly. So women like daily debriefs. That means that they need this kind of connection on a regular basis. So pick one thing during your day, pick a high and a low. You know, just like this was the best thing that happened to me. This was the most difficult thing of my day. And that sounds crazy, but. Trust me, women
2: eat that up. I just saw like, a big smile on my face when you said that. I'm like, ooh, you're gonna <laughs> tell me one thing bad, one thing good. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it feels so good to be
1: remembered. Like, first of all, if you're remembering to tell her these things, what she says is he's thinking about me during the day. The other thing I would say to be emotionally connected during the day is set on your phone like a reminder. Set Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to text at 1007 and then you know the opposite days you want to set at 420 and really truly just say thinking of you you know have something to tell you i love you i mean more emotional things than the sexual things like hey hey baby get ready that's a sexual thing and that's fun too but it you got to know it's going to land You got to know it's going to land in her because if you're taking a risk and she doesn't say anything back, men feel that as rejection. It's like, okay, I sent her a sexy text and I got nothing in return. So he's going to come home anxious about the sexual cycle. Like, I don't know what I'm walking into. Is she mad at me? What's the matter? The other thing is, the third thing I would say is get back. ASAP when she texts you. Like, don't make her wait two hours. Don't play any of those games if you're single. Like, if you like the woman and you're single, get back ASAP because women are most of the time emotional pursuers. And every minute that goes by before your partner or the guy you like texts you back
2: is like pure torture. Right. What do you give those guidelines to people who are really in a relationship? I I think things shift once you actually get into a relationship. When you're in the dating phase, there's nothing wrong with having her sort of be fearfully triggered in some way if you don't get back to her immediately.
1: No, I I would say that's wrong, Barney. That's my advice. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because not if you want her to be hot in bed. It's like getting back and being a secure communicator. That's what we call being a secure communicator that you do what you say when you're gonna
2: do it. So if you say, I'll call you... You get a call in the well, next day yes, or two. Absolutely. And that's if, what I liked about my husband when I first met him. When, right. Yes. He was responsive. But I wouldn't say he immediately responded to me. But I guess everything kind of goes out the window when you like somebody, right?
1: No, no, I think immediate response because that shows security. I mean, not if you're in a meeting, but like within a couple hours. Okay. Like, yes, that's the guy
2: I was looking for. Exactly. You but, still have to yeah.
1: Okay. But I, I totally disagree with the game of making her wait and making her fearful that that will make her pant
2: for you. You know, you'll pay on that in the long run. Yes. I totally agree with what you're saying.
1: It destabilizes her emotionally, and women need to be stabilized emotionally in order to give themselves
0: fully sexually. After months of playing college basketball has finally determined the top teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. Looking to wager these games? Well, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with player props and great contests throughout the year. Your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online, where the game starts. We live in crazy times right now. And with crazy times comes crazy brains. So many problems that people didn't have before, they have now, and they don't really know where to go or who to turn to. Well, I've got a suggestion and that's BetterHelp. BetterHelp has great licensed therapists so they can help you with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, drama, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, anything that you are having struggles with, there's someone there for you on call or through appointment. You don't have to go to a waiting room. You don't have to search and search and search and wait for a therapist to get back to you. BetterHelp is a convenient way to help your mental health. So. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com askwomen. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com askwomen.
2: If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to wing girl Method slash flirty and you'll find out all
0: about it. So now that we're heading out of cuffing season, which is that season where women want the guy to keep them warm at night so they're a little bit more easygoing or flexible on who they'll date, you're going to need to step up your game. And part of stepping up your game is stepping up your banter game. So many times guys lose out on girls because they don't know how to be fun, witty, engaging, clever, while also being down to earth and creating a real connection. So if you don't want to lose out on the chick because you don't know how to communicate and you're just boring and flat, then take a couple banter sessions with me. I promise you, your dates will go through the roof, not just because you're throwing them up there because you're so muscular. But the actual number count is going to go up, I promise. So go to kristenandchill.com, scroll down, click banter, and choose your package to get those banter skills in shape where this summer it's going to be a lot easier for you to get the girl. And if you email me at kristenandchill.com, I may even send you a discount code so you can get these world-class skills at a discounted price. That's Kristenandchill.com. So let me ask you a question.
2: What about women who are maybe going through a divorce or have been through a divorce and had a little bit of trauma sexually? Maybe they came from a relationship where they were destabilized and they're not as open to sex. So dating in your 40s, post-divorce, how do guys tackle this area without being too pushy and without being too big of a pushover? How do they navigate this?
1: Okay, so the first thing, and really the only thing they can do is be reflective listeners. So they don't need to fix this problem. They really don't. When she says, well, my ex-husband did this, that, and the other thing to me, just say, oh, wow, your ex-husband did this, that, and the other thing to you. The reason I'm saying it that way is I want him to repeat with near parody her exact words. My ex-husband, like, He would demand sex three times a day. And if I didn't, he'd be so angry, he would pout for five days. Wow, your ex-husband demanded sex three days a week, and then he pouted for five days if he didn't get it. See how exact that is? That reflection uses her very language. If I say to her, wow, your ex-husband wanted sex a lot, I actually miss the nuance of what she's saying And so, I mean, right, most of us are taught to summarize what somebody says when we say it back to them. But in this case, if you want to heal a person with trauma, all you do is reflect exact words back with a compassionate heart. I mean, you can't just be a robot, like you said. You have to have a compassionate heart. But saying back to a person who has been traumatized exactly what they say is one of the most healing things we can do as a partner because we're we're like really, really, truly listening. And they might have never told anybody this or been listened to this carefully. So it relieves them and it basically breaks the trauma because part of trauma is not ever having to tell anybody about it, right? Who do you tell when your husband is doing all this crap to you and not really... Caring about you and acting badly, you don't tell your sister, you don't tell your best friend, you don't tell anybody. And so that secret kind of boils up inside it. So if you're lucky enough to have this woman tell you these sort of traumatic moments, say it back to her, say it back to her with just the exact words. And you don't have to promise, well, I would never do that to you. No, that's not what's called for here. The only thing that is called for is careful, careful
2: listening. And we listen with our voice. Okay. And then what about progressing things sexually? Like, is Are there guidelines for that? Yeah. I mean, I
1: actually think he should not like say, okay, well, we don't have to have sex until you're ready. I think he should say what his need is. It's like, you know what, baby? I find you so desirable. I really want to have sex. How do you feel about that? Okay. So he should not make up the rules in his head like, oh man, I can't push her. He should ask her and he should tell her Beginning with his desire, I know you know you've been like nearly traumatized, and yet I find my body so drawn to your body. What is it like for you to hear me say that my body, you know, really feels drawn to you, and I think you're so attractive and so desirable? And she may say, "You know, I need a little time, I really want that. That's okay, but I mean, I don't think it can go on forever. you know It's, it's like, can go on forever. If you're in a relationship and there's a reasonable interval and like... What's reasonable? Well, I mean, I think it depends, right? People in their 40s may not want to hop in the sack on the third date. You know, they may want to wait for several weeks, maybe a couple months. But then if it's like four months and the person is still saying, I just can't do it. I can't do it because of the trauma or because of what happened. To me, I would say that person is probably too damaged to really be a successful sexual partner and you really need to reevaluate. And I think you need to say that, you know, like, I really like you. I really like you, but this relationship has to be sexual for me to want to progress. And I don't want to have sex with you if you're reluctant or if it's going to re-traumatize you, but
2: this is what I need. Okay. And then you just allow her to speak her mind or you give her... Yeah. Yeah, you allow her to speak her mind and if she's like, ooh... I don't think I
1: can do it. It's like, okay, that's your answer. And she says, man, I got to get myself in therapy. Great. But I wouldn't let it go another year. You know, it's like... Oh, no way. Relationship has... A romance has to be sexual in order to be successful. Okay. It has to be.
2: At all points, right? At all points, it has to be sexual to be successful. Yeah. There has to be some progression of intimacy. Right. Hand-holding, there's kissing, there's cuddling, there's touching doesn't always have to just be straight sex. As long as the progression is happening, a relationship is also happening. I did want to ask one question. So you had said, I love how you said to express that this is where I stand, but I I totally hear everything that you're saying. When a woman does respond back with, I'm just not there yet and I need to go slow. What's the appropriate answer? After the man stated his need, and she's also stated her need that she's not ready yet.
1: I mean, I think it depends on how the man receives it. I would ask her, tell me what going slow looks like over the course of several months. I would say to her, I know you can't absolutely predict this because of course your body wants to feel safe with my body. But what do you think it looks like? Because I've already waited. And I'm not saying the guy who says, I've already waited and it's the second date. I mean, a lot of women are- Already waited 24 hours. hours. Like what's- Dang, dang. (laughs) You know, but I think it's fair to say, and if she says, I don't know. So I don't know is a classic response from a withdrawer, either an emotional, ask men all the time, what do you feel about this? He'll go, I don't know. Because I don't know is an important response. It is response, but it means lots of different things. I don't know if I can tell you the truth because I'm afraid I'll start a fight. I don't know because I can't put those kinds of feelings quickly into language. I don't know because this is kind of hard for me to think about. So what I would say if she says, I don't know, I would say, okay, just take a little time. Maybe you want to think about that over a couple of days and send me an email about what you think. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes these things are more easily done over email or something, but... I would definitely say he deserves a fair answer if he's waiting for her to recover from trauma. You know, and I would also say kind of what are the steps that you're taking to recover from this? Because you know, if she's like, oh, I haven't really done anything, I haven't read a book, I haven't
2: gone to a therapist, it's like, okay, she's not committed to her own healing and he needs to know that. Right, exactly. And all the information that you're sharing with these guys right now, it's just a way for them to get information so that they can make their decision. I think a lot yes. of the I work with, they're just like biting their nails and sitting on their hands, waiting for the woman to take the lead and tell them when they're allowed to do something. Mm-hmm. When in reality, especially for a partnership, they should always be the par- a participant as well. Exactly. That like express your needs too, not in a rude way or attacking way. Saying like, "Okay, lady, hurry it up, open your legs." But to say like, I completely understand that you have been through trauma and I want to respect that boundary for you. But here are my needs. This is what I would love to happen between the two of us. Right. And And I think what you just
1: said, Marnie, is so smart because what you did just now is you offered validation first, followed by my need. And when we're talking with anybody over any kind of difference or conflict, if there is anything we can do is to do it just like you did it, which is validating first. Like this makes sense for you. I mean, it doesn't have to make sense for me, but if I'm looking at the world through your eyes, you were traumatized in some crazy way. I can totally understand why you would want to slow down sex and this makes you anxious. I totally get that. That's validation. And I want to tell you what's on my heart. Like if I start with, I want to tell you what's on my heart, and then I follow with validation, it's not going to go down as well as if I start with validation. How do I see that this might be making sense for her? Now, I don't like it at all, but I can see that if I were a person, a weaker gender, and this is how it was for me, that I felt helpless in the sexual cycle, or I felt helpless in this situation, or you know, God forbid, I was violated. I totally get why you would be this way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to defend myself, but I'm a different guy. I'm a different kind of man. You know, I'm not going to do that to you. It's like the defense, I
2: would lay that down and I would start with the need. I would which is forever. There's never a need for defense, especially in situations like this.
1: Yeah, I would just start with, but you know what? I find you so desirable. And in this relationship, I really need this romance to be sexual. How does that land for you? What do you feel about that? So I say my need and then I check in. What is that like for you to hear me say that? And if she's like, oh, I just feel so pressured. Oh my gosh, it's just so much pressure. Especially
2: if he said it with that beautiful tone of desire and love and, you know, feeling hot. What's the response to that? If she says that just feels like too much pressure, like you're pushing sex on me.
1: I would say, yeah, I totally get that right. I'm going to validate it again. I'm going to always validate her defense. Like I understand, like after what you've been through, another person in your life needing sex, your mind probably goes crazy with, it's going to turn out the same way. We're going to go down the same road. I totally get that. I just need you to know that really for me to feel secure in our progression and in our future and continuing to date, it has to be sexual for me. So I stand my ground, not with defiance, not with like raising my voice, not getting defensive, right? If you hear a person that you really like say that, it's going to be really natural to have the alarm bells go off in you. Like, holy shit, she's withdrawing from me. That feels really bad. And you're going to feel your body escalate. Maybe your blood pressure come up. All of that is going to happen. But where you want to stay is in your green brain, not your escalated red brain. And just stay with, okay, I get this, but this is what I need. And if she's like, I'm afraid I'm not going to do that, you know, fast enough for you say, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And it's so, I mean, that is, we are deciding in dating relationships how long we can go with that person, how much further we want to go with that person. And even when it breaks our heart, I mean, there are dysfunctions, right? That our needs are not going to be met. If you're with a woman who's an alcoholic, it's like, guys, That's not going to change just because you love her. Like, think about that. If she's an addict, forget it. If she's a spendaholic, you know, and she's run up her credit cards by $30,000 and is drowning in debt, these are red flags, not just about the behavior, but about something on the inside. If you're with a woman who really can't be sexual, this is a really deep problem. And so you need to kind of open your eyes
2: and go, Ooh, ooh, this is really hard. You know, and do I I, get involved in this? That's the biggest question is am I able to either push this aside that I don't have to have sex for right now, or do I want to be involved with somebody who has these right?
1: Right. And I would be watching like the progression. I mean, if I really love somebody and they weren't taking concrete steps to get better, I would one of the things I do in terms of helping people make decisions about whether the relationship is worth it ongoing is I say, pick a date right now, today, pick a date and say, okay, it's what, March something. And I'm going to look at this in July. I'm going to give it a quarter. And if the behaviors are the exact same in July, I'm not going to go with this part of me that is really like infatuated with her beauty. I'm going to say, you know what, buddy? Back in March, you set this deadline, and you said if the same behavior is going on in July, I probably need to get out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're more entrenched with the woman, and so you're going to give it a longer period of time. But you really almost write it down. This is the behavior that I've seen. These are the steps that I want to see. And if I don't see that in July,
2: and I, I probably that to her as well. And
1: no, 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 I would not communicate. Oh, that
2: really? Interesting. No. No, no, not communicate that part, but I'm saying communicate, for example, if it is something sexual or yeah. there is difficulty with her spending. Like, do you not communicate that? Well, I would not communicate the deadline. I would you communicate
1: the, part. like, this is really important to me. The relationship needs to be sexual. Or this is really important to me. You know, I would need to see a pattern here of you getting out of this. But I would pick my own deadline because deadlines... What they tend to do is they set pressure. And so what we want to do is how does the person respond to kind of their own internal force to be healthy? Because if they're just getting healthy to please you, then you're always going to be the pusher. And you don't want to do that in a relationship, right? You don't always want to be the pusher of having the sexual relationship go well. Although one little caveat, I think men need to probably think about They're more likely to be the initiator in a sexual relationship because they have massive amounts of testosterone that drive them physiologically. And women have tiny bits of testosterone that don't drive them physiologically. It's not fair, but a woman needs to do so much more to keep her libido up that I think it's fair that a man initiate more. Not always, because men deserve to have a woman express desire for him. Absolutely deserve that. but. I think that what they don't want to do is become the one who pushes her into health. It's like they want to say, this is what I need and set their own deadline and then watch. Because if she doesn't do things that like ordinary people would think are steps toward healing, I mean, he doesn't want to keep nagging her, like stop drinking, go to AA. No, you're only becoming codependent. So you have to be with
2: somebody who has their own motive, their own impetus inside for health. I love that. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because I know that you have to go. We had technical issues, uh-huh. but we made this happen and it was definitely 100% worth it. That was- Oh, thank you. Information. Dr. Lori, I appreciate this. Can you please tell people how they can listen to your podcast and find out more about you and the work that you do?
1: Okay, great. Yes, I'm on Foreplay Radio and that is sex therapy and couples therapy. And this is with my partner, Joe. Uh, oh, my partner. George, I even know your partner. Golly. My partner, it threw me off when I said my partner. He is my work partner, George Fowler, and he's the bomb. He's a couples counselor. And together, we talk about absolutely everything. We talk about sex technique and we talk about just anything you could imagine. And we also talk about this relational pattern and how to get through it sexually and emotionally. We give you lots of tips on managing it. So foreplay Radio, wherever podcasts are found and I do do intensives with couples as well, but you have to come to North Carolina for
2: that. So, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Lori. You are uh, so nice. welcome. Thank yes. you for having me. This oh, was thank fun. Thank you so much for, Morning. Having, for dealing Morning. with all these issues. But yeah, yes, oh, I'm going to do a sign off right now. So, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please, please, please subscribe to our show, share our show with other men that you know can definitely use this information we love you guys. You've supported us for over seven years so far. We couldn't do this without you. We will see you next week.